Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions, connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. That introduction tells you uh, that we're to go as we're going, we're to make disciples. But it's amazing many times as we're going, we'll have individuals that will bless us with different things that they do financially encouragement, but sometimes it's a place to stay. (laughs) The Bible might call that hospitality. Do you remember, uh, this is Bert Harper along with Nathan Harper. Nathan, do you remember when Jesus told his disciples that birds have nests, foxes have holes, but the Son of God has nowhere to lay his head? Yeah. So it sounded like he was dependent upon good weather or a or maybe somebody to invite him in out of the rain, which would be hospitality. Yeah, that's right. You know, hospitality, biblically speaking, actually refers to opening your home for a a stranger to stay with you. The word stranger, I used to think it meant like someone that's strange. You know, like, <laughs> oh, that guy looks strange. Let's invite him into our home. No, that's not what the Bible means. It, it means someone that, that's not from your hometown, basically, or your, where you live. Someone that's an outsider coming in, and what do they need? I mean, you know, they don't always have hotels, Holiday Inn or whatever at every intersection, so they needed a place to stay. And so hospitality is that practice of opening your home for a stranger to stay. And Jesus was depending on that. The apostles, as they were sent out, were depending on that. Even today... The witness of the gospel, the witness of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, is dependent on Christians giving and receiving hospitality. It's just the way God has set it up. And you know, someone recently said, and I can't honestly, I can't remember who it, who it was, but I think they're right. They said for the gospel to be successful in uh, the 21st century, for evangelism to be successful in the 21st century. It will depend on how hospitable God's people are. Hospitality is the number one method of evangelism in the 21st century. Let me see. The early church started out where? In the homes. They had to invite them. Matter of fact, I I love that story about Peter being in prison. But they were meeting probably at John Mark's mother's house is what most historians Mm. think, praying for him. Okay. Now, where's the first place he went when he was released from prison? He went to that home. Yeah. They were already practicing hospitality. Yeah. And I'm sure we don't know the full story, but Peter invited them. Uh, they invited Peter in. And he told them the rest of the story. So what you was talking about is the gospel being shared, especially in the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, we find Paul's three missionary journeys plus his journey to Rome. Yeah. And. Really, it was a missionary journey as well, and uh, it was just the Roman government paying for it that time. And but hosp- the hospitality wasn't that great on that uh, <laughs> on that prison ship. No, it was know. not. And uh, but yet, 
Paul experienced this hospitality, did he not? He did, as he would travel and go from you know one city to the next. We don't have record of every stay that Paul made, but we do have enough record of of some of them to get the idea, to get the picture. So Acts 16, Lydia offered Paul her home after she was saved when he was in Philippi. Also in Philippi, he stayed for a while with the Philippian jailer and his family. An enemy that became a friend very quick. You know, imagine the jailer feeding the prisoner in his own home, and that's what, what would happen. In Acts 18, Paul stayed with Aquila, you know, Aquila and Priscilla. In Corinth. So Paul was staying with Aquila. In now, Corinth. I wonder if they stayed in tents since they were tent men. We, okay, I, that's off the subject. <laughs> hey, but, you want to camp out? And yeah, you want to camp out? Uh, but Aquila and Priscilla, that yeah. shows you a couple ministering together, yeah. not only traveling with Paul and doing ministry, but letting Paul be a part of their home. Yeah. And this is always a hard <laughs> hard word for me to say or a name, but well, it's Manason, yeah. M-N-A-S-O-N. Yeah. So Paul stayed with him on his travels from Cyprus in Acts 21. On the island of Malta in Acts 28, talking about the journey to Rome, Paul stayed with uh, Publius on that island. And that changed everything. Yeah. I mean, some of these are, yeah, sometimes he stayed there, but many times it was a turning point for people and even cities and towns, Nathan. Yeah. And then... In the book of Romans, Romans 16, Paul talks about how he stayed with Gaius when he wrote the letter to Rome when he was in Corinth. And then it's not just Paul, but there's a story in Acts 10 about Peter. Remember where Peter was in the city of uh, Joppa? He was staying at Simon the Tanner's home. An interesting story real quick about Simon the Tanner's home. They've actually been able to locate where that is in in excavating and, and, and where they think that Simon the Tanner lived. And, of course, in those days they had flat roofs and you could go out on the roof. And that's where Peter was in Acts 10. He was up on the roof at Simon the Tanner's home when he got the vision from the Lord and the, and the men uh, would come and say, hey, come, come visit you know, this Gentile. And so Peter was up there. And from the roof of Simon the Tanner's home, you can see the docks, the port of Joppa. It's right there on the sea. Now, do you remember back in the Old Testament who was also in Joppa and was sent on a quote-unquote missionary journey. His name was Jonah, wasn't Jonah. it? Jonah. Yeah. And remember Jonah, he got on a ship, but he went the opposite <laughs> direction of where God told him to go. And, and I've got a friend that was visiting Simon the Tanner's home and up on the roof where they think it was, and he said, you know, you could see the docks. And he's like, when Peter was given the invitation to obey God and go to the place where God sent him, he probably could see the docks where Jonah uh, disobeyed God, and Peter chose to go to God's direction and obeyed God. So anyway, long Which story. Which will you go? Yeah, long story to basically show the point of the importance of hospitality in the spread of the gospel. Inviting people into your home and being a witness and inviting people into your home and your life as they share the gospel. Works both ways. I want you to enjoy this testimony about hospitality, and how it can become a part of your life. Our guest today on Exploring Missions is Nikki White. Nikki, welcome. 
Thanks for having me. It is good to have you. My wife and another one of our associates was able to talk with you earlier, and they said, Bert, you need to have Nikki on this program because of our program is Exploring Missions, and we talk about being on mission for God wherever you are with the gifts that God has given you. And one of the greatest gifts that I know, I know you said it's not about the pie, but one of the greatest ways of working in missions is cooking and baking. And I know so many people, Nikki, who their hospitality was shown through that expression by caring for people, taking those uh, meals to them and sharing with them. And it opened doors beyond measure. But it's more than that. The whole goal is to establish that relationships. Relationships are really important, aren't they? Absolutely. And um, the book really, you know, there is a section of recipes, 47 recipes. But there's a lot of testimonials and such um, of people, how people reached out to them. And when they were going through a hard time and how the body reached out to them and helped them and took them to appointments or gave them food. And and there's a lot we can do to show kindness to people. Food is definitely one of the ways. Well, caring is the issue. We do care and we demonstrate that. And, and Jesus made it plain. They will know you're my disciples by your good works and they'll glorify the Father who's in heaven. So... It sounds like God wants to demonstrate our love and our works toward those that need to be reached. Yes, and and the thing is, is that some people say, well, I just can't have anybody in my home, or, or you're good at that because you have a nice house, or you're just more creative, or whatever, but, but after the spiritual gifts, then it says practice hospitality. It's not like it's a spiritual gift, so it's kind of like for all of us, and I think we just have to have, have a willing heart and be open to God showing us what people are in need, whether it, and maybe it's someone who never gets invited anywhere. And you can be that one person that gives them a smile and just, it doesn't have to be fancy. That's the whole point of the title. It's not about the pie. It doesn't have to be a perfect home or anything. It yeah. just has, you just have to be willing to have them over and do something simple. To demonstrate that on one of the mission trips I went to was in Nicaragua, and we went to this small, small community, and it was a very close, what we would call impoverished community, but we were going and visiting door to door. And you talking about people inviting us in, and they would invite us in, and they had a one-room house. Now, the kitchen, they cooked out back, so they would not have to have the, the, the heat in the house. And they had a hammock, and they would put it up, and then they would get what we would call those plastic chairs and sit out for us to sit in. But they were going to show hospitality, and it really hit me. You know, here in America, we think we've got to do this, the the three-course meal, we've got to have this. And they were just so hospitable. I've never felt more at home anywhere in my life than they did. Now, I know cultures are different, you know, and it was the culture then. We used to live on the front porch culture yes. when people would go by and we would invite people and they would come by and talk. But we still can push through, push through the culture and push through the difficulty, can't we, to be show hospitality? Yeah, I, I think I think, yeah, you're right. We don't sit on our front porches and talk to our neighbors. And we go in our garage and we shut the garage door behind us. And maybe we don't emerge the rest of the evening. But we need to even be intentionally and pray for God to show us reasons. And and part of the reason I wrote a compassion book and I've 
launched a compassion ministry has to do with my upbringing. And I grew up on a farm in Western Washington on a horse ranch and uh, was adopted with my sister at an early age. And when I was 13, my adoptive dad died and we had no income. And so I had a widowed mom and there was two of us teenage girls. And we, you know, there was one time when our pipes were really old in our house and our water stopped working and uh, my dad hadn't left a will, so my mom wasn't able to sell off any property. Um, we were able to sell horses, but that's all we were able to do. And and so I had always just hoped that someone would help us more. But um, we became Christians through my dad's death, and those people helped in a lot of ways. But I still just felt like I felt that we were in a dark place, I think, for a while. My mom was in a dark place for a really long time, and, and so... That makes me think about people like my mom was in her 50s. She wasn't a retiree age. She wasn't a young couple. Like she didn't really have friends. And she had these two girls. And what do you do? And I think there could be someone at church sitting across the aisle from you. There's just someone who needs you to check on them Mm -hmm. and just to see what you can do to help them. And pastoring, pastoring for so many years, I could, I can, when you tell that story, I'm reminded of men and women who did put themselves out for others, that they would want to become someone that comes alongside them. And and what it makes you think of, the Bible talks about comfort others with the same comfort you've been comforted Mm -hmm. with. And, And so here you are. You've experienced some of that comfort that the church did bring mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. other believers brought to you. And now here, God is using you to share some of your story and how to do that. Mm-hmm. Now, you wrote a book previously to this one. It's not about the pie as well, yes. did you not? Yes, not really a princess is my story of my sister and my mom and I overcoming adversity and dealing with grief and rejection and we found siblings my sister and I that were birth siblings later and the story got more and more complicated and everybody kept saying someone needs to write a book about this because so so but because of that kind of sprang forth it's not about the pie because we needed to we shared testimonies and I got some from other people about when they had cancer and how someone helped them or my friend with triplets who needed help then and different ways we you know yeah. can share that we can have help other people around us so because of your story did your desire for writing did you know you had the skill of writing before you started trying i don't even know if i really still do feel that way i never really wanted to be a writer yeah um i was a bible major in school and and so my heart is really sharing the gospel and teaching women and that kind of thing and sharing my heart that way and uh which it still is but i knew that god wanted me to do this and he opened doors and just things just worked and then and then so it's just kind of moved really quickly the last three years and and uh i didn't really think i didn't go out yeah. to be a writer yeah well, well i've heard it said there's a book in you somewhere yeah. and so there was a book in you and you, yes yeah i i know some people like that that they have a book in them and they need to get it out and would you encourage people to try it yes yes because you just never know and i've had people um come to me and say i hadn't elderly gentleman come up to me from our church and say that he he read my book 
he couldn't put it down because he had a bad relationship with his mom and it was like a healing thing you right. know it was like hard and and um so they've had a lot of comments from people so it is important because god uses your pain to encourage others and and so i think if he's prodding you to do that you need to follow earlier you were talking about your family your dad dying and that's when brought you to christ would you mm-hmm. share some of that story with us yes yeah, so uh we my mom had been um she'd kind of grown up part of a liturgical uh group and uh she we didn't actually have a church at the time and so the funeral director suggested this young guy that is like 29 or 30 and he his dad had died when he was young and he did a lot of funerals same reasoning probably as yeah. I feel burdened for others. And uh, he, about a month after the funeral, he came down to our farm and invited us to his little country church. And within about three or four months, we all got saved. I mean, we went to that church. They were memorizing Romans 12, 1 and 2. And I had never gone to a church where people even brought Bibles, let alone, you know, Memorize them. memorizing scripture. Yeah. And just loved it. And... You How old were you then? I was I was thirteen. Thirteen years old. And then uh, in 1972, and then um, after you know got married, was living in California after college, and and uh, we moved to Boise, and he was the pastor of the church we go to now. So him and his wife have been mentors to me. Yeah. It's like family, just really dear to my heart. So you're still in the great Northwest. Yes, we were in Boise, Idaho. Oh, I've heard. I was in Snohomish, Washington. Went to college in California at Masters, and then then, now we're in Boise. Well, let's get back to your book, Uh, It's Not About the Pie. You said you had some quite a few recipes in them, and uh, I was talking to someone who had glanced through the book, a man now, and he said, those recipes look good enough for my wife to try. Okay, so uh, he he was a yeah yeah. I said, "Why you not?" And he said, "Well, not me. I'm not a kitchen person." But tell me what else is in the book. It's it's about people using their gifts. Right. There's there's 47 recipes. Okay. And there's 200 photos. So it's a beautiful book, and a lot of people have given it as gifts. Yeah. Um. But but uh, the heart of it really are testimonies of a lot of people and scripture references and such on how we can reach out and help other people. And, uh, you know, and and people who had helped me and things also, or just, uh, you know, even just simple things like someone needing to stay at your house for the night. Right. or And, you know, just being open to welcoming whatever God's going to come across your path and not say, oh, I can't do that. I'm not. When you look back on your life and you see some people who, God placed in your life like that pastor, mm-hmm. even at the mm-hmm. funeral service mm-hmm. there. Uh, can, do you have those markers in your life about who God brought into your life at a certain point in time to to strengthen you and help you and bring you to where you are today? Well, I even think about the fact that I was adopted into a different family and my dad dying, coming to Christ, um, and just different you know, you kind of think about hard times in your life, but then afterwards you look back and you see that whole plan, that how he's worked through it. And it's kind of trite to sell someone going through a whole a hard time, you know, uh, well, God's got something for you out of this, you know. But 
But when you look back, you can really see the benefit. Like you were in the place that God wanted you at the time that you are. And that's so important. Okay. The other thing that intrigued me, and I I try to listen, and then those things that I think I'm interested in, and I hope someone out there who's listening picks up on it as well. You said that was your sister, adopted sister, your birth sister as well? She is my half sister. Half sister. And then later when we were like, Late 20s, early 30s. Yeah. We had two brothers that found out somehow from a grandparent that they had sisters because they were in Washington also. They looked up my sister and f- found her, and we became, you know, we got to know them. How and old they were, were you actually, when this happened? I was like late 20s, early okay. 30s, something like that. And uh, they, the reason I say in around 30, it seems around 30, there's this marked, I, I, I would call it inquisitiveness about your family mm. that you really want to know more about. So I was mm. just wondering if it would be close to 30. Yeah. And they, you know, we got to know them and then they were not adopted out and they are my sister's full brothers. So the three of them had the same dad. Then after that, our mom had me, but when our birth mom was dying, she told one of my brothers that there was another one. And then my brother researched it and found that we actually have a sister in Minnesota who we met like, I don't know, 15 years ago. And this is the story in the first book? This is a story in the first book. It is a very interesting story. And the name of that book is? Not Really a Princess. Not Really a Princess. And the reason for the title. Yes. So yes, I do have kind of quirky titles for my books. (laughs) But the reason for that is that a lot of times an adoptive person, so somebody was kind of scolding me about something years ago and told me, well, Nikki, you feel that way because a lot of adopted people think that maybe they came from somewhere better Then you learn that, no, you were saved from something worse. Anyway, so not really a princess. It's like, you you know, yeah. So that's why there's the title for that book. And now that you have written these books and God is bringing you to this point in your life, as you combine those two, you know, I see a connection. And God brought you out of that to let you see you're adopted, your adopted father dies and then the connection starts placing, and then you go into the area of serving. In other words, after you found out, and I'm just going to put this in quotes, who you were, then it freed you up to minister and serve and show and demonstrate all this? Well, I think everybody has some sort of hang-ups or difficulties, but really until you kind of release some of those Hmm. and really – Somehow you got to get past yourself, yeah. and onto. The it's not other. all about us, is it's it? It's not. It's it's, it's not. and even like people who say, "Well, I can't have people in my house. It's too messy or whatever." Well, that's kind of like you. It's about you. Then it's not really about the other person. Yeah. But if you can just give someone a smile, or even in the you know grocery line, you know, just talking to the person behind you that you know somebody's struggling with their toddler or something, and. Just give a smile to someone rather than just keeping in your own little box all the time. It just doesn't take much for kindness to be shown. Well, in this world where we live in, where we text, where we email, we Twitter, we do all of that, that's not face-to-face. For someone to give you face-to-face attention and it be good, 
it has to make an impact, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I, I, I think so. And I think, you know, think about someone who maybe people just don't talk to that much. Like maybe there's uh, an older person that sits in the back at church that not, doesn't know very many people, but to go up and like kind of visit with them. How are you today? Even if it's just something really simple, yeah. they remember that. They do. People do. So you've got to have your radar up and ask God to demonstrate and show you who. Mm-hmm. And, and I got a feeling, looking at the scriptures over in the book of James, the widows and the orphans. So, I mean, I know you need to look for everyone, but the elderly and the younger ones that have come in from a home where mm-hmm. a father has mm-hmm. died, where the parents are not there, those are easier to spot than some of the people that's in middle age, you know, when you think it so. Is. It is. It's one of the reasons we started Colossians 3.12 Ministries was because a lot of compassion ministries deal with adoption, which is great. I mean, I'm an adopted woman, and that's great. You recommend but, it highly, right? <laughs> yeah, it's fine. On the other hand, there's things that people miss a lot, like, what about widows? There's hardly any things that you can look up of things to help widows. And even like, what about families with children who are addicted or something? And it's like they feel that no one wants to really talk to them. What's wrong with your children or whatever. And, and so there's a lot of different things like that, or like someone who's long-term care and their caregiver is just exhausted from having to be at that house all the time. And maybe you could relieve that person or if they, had someone to take over for them, you could take them to lunch and they could just have a fun time. Or there's a lot of things that we need to be a little more conscious of thinking of and Mm -hmm. ways to help someone. When they read your book, will they hear testimonies about that? It might give them the ideas of, oh, this, I can do this. Yeah, I think there's a lot more people can do than they're thinking they can. You know, if they really think about the people in their life, whether it's that neighbor who never comes out of his house, we have quite a few neighbors that don't come out of their houses, really. And then, you know, maybe someone at church who isn't befriended. I had a pastor's wife tell me once that it's really easy at church for, you know, a young couple comes in with a couple kids and everybody's cute and everybody goes home and talks to them and wonders who they are, welcomes them and stuff. But like a single guy comes in or something, nobody talks to him. And I think we need to include everyone. You know, Jesus gave a parable about who is my neighbor. And uh, it's not who lives next door. It's nearly who's in need. Yes. So we do look for that. Yes. The opportunity. Yes. Well, Nikki, I want to thank you for writing these books and tell people where can they find them. They can um, go to any bookstore and order them or look on Amazon. Oh, okay. I started to say Amazon, but I didn't yeah. want to give it away too no, quick. I mean, you know. We try to support our local bookstores, you know, yeah. too, you know. And so, you know, you can go to Barnes & Noble or you can go to a Christian bookstore and order there or uh, at uh, christianbooks.com. And, and the first one is? Not really a not princess. Not really a princess. And the second one, it's not about the pie. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of, well, anyway, we better There not, is pie in the book because, you know, is. sometimes it is about the pie. Yeah, it is. You have to have pie. Strawberry but, pie, yes, it is. There's berry pie <laughs> in there and a pumpkin pie in there. Oh, wow. So. Well, I want to thank you for being with us today. It's been thank a pleasure you. to have you, and I pray that God would just use you. Is there a third book coming? I actually have, like, three of them kind of in the 
You know, but <laughs> lots happened the last three years with yeah. having two books and launching a ministry all at the same time. Yeah. It's kind of traveling around dealing with that. But then I have two of them further along than the other one. But yeah. So I don't know which one will be next. Okay. Well, I, I pray God would use it and bless you and your ministry as well. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. And we pray that God would use you hospitality, bacon, uh, just caring, whatever it is God calls you to be on the lookout for those who really need a helping hand and need a blessing today. Thank you again for listening to Exploring Missions. Mm-hmm.